Hey everybody, 27th of April. Uh, there's a big squeeze going on in the grain markets, but we'll talk about that in a second. I just, watch watching the overnight, watching where the markets have been, watching what's going on. A uh, lot happening in this grain market. We're back. We planted a lot of corn uh, yesterday. Uh, we started Sunday afternoon again. Uh, we'll get a lot more corn in the ground today. Uh, things will roll along. Uh, we don't break down. Uh, supposedly there's a rain coming, but I just feel a lot better planting it right now with an 80-some degree day coming at us rather than the big freeze and snow that came at us the last week. But, oh, before I get started, too, Tractor Supply is talking about millennials moving out of the city. And Tractor Supply, they track their uh, sales to who they're selling things to. And they've seen a big increase in selling stuff to millennials. And CNBC's got the article. It's, it's basically the CEO of Tractor Supply talking about how the millennials are coming out and buying a lot of things from Tractor Supply. And it really is helping Tractor Supply's bottom line. And, of course, it kind of gets in, touches on a little bit about the housing boom and how the millennials. And, you know, it just... It just, just kind of seems funny to me because just a year or two, maybe three years ago, well, these millennials aren't moving out into the, to the suburbs like their parents. They're staying in the big city. They're delaying having kids. They're doing all this stuff. And whoops, what happens? Have a little pandemic come along, a whole bunch of them move out to rural areas. So welcome your new neighbors. They're coming at you. But uh, and you know what? I, I pretty well probably got to say if tractor supply tracking their customers as well as they probably are tracking them they're probably picking up this trend before a lot of other people would ever well a long time before the u.s census department would ever pick it up uh but that probably tells you that you do have younger newer people moving out into rural areas okay uh, a little bit about wheat feeding too let's talk a little bit about this corn market and wheat You've seen a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on about wheat being fed, wheat being fed, wheat being fed, a lot of wheat being fed out there in the countryside. Well, and around the world, it may just be the fact that, you know, these centrally planned economic governments, the first thing they want to keep cheap is food for their people. Second thing they want to keep cheap is gasoline, too, by the way. That uh, they, they want to keep cheap food because that keeps them in power. And there may be a little bit of hoarding of corn going on around the world. Uh, there also just may not be as much corn out there as we thought at one time. And if, if the Brazilian corn crop, second corn crop, is truly in as much trouble as some people have, are tending to tell me that it is, then there, there may actually be a shortage of corn, and we're going to have to feed a lot of wheat. And, and I've, I've complained about the wheat market, and yes, I've called it poverty grass in the past. I've called it poverty grass. Sorry, sorry uh, to the national wheat growers. But it, to ever get the commodity markets going, I, I was always one of the things you got to get that wheat market going. And to get the wheat market going, the problem was, you know, wheat is harvested like nine or ten months of the year somewhere in the world. It's somewhere there's always a wheat harvest going on. So either somebody was just getting done with the harvest, somebody was in harvest, or somebody was getting ready to harvest a wheat crop, and you never could build a shortage of wheat, and there was a lot of wheat around the world. But maybe the fact that we're going to have to feed a lot of wheat to make up for a lot of this corn actually maybe can get this wheat market excited. 
and the wheat market could get excited. Maybe the wheat market could go back to having a premium over corn instead of corn having a premium over wheat. And that, that my friends, would, would, would change the whole commodity price outlook, too. And you have to remember, too, you get wheat priced high enough where it's no longer a feed grain and it's a human food grain, uh, the price of wheat can go up dramatically. It can go up a lot. Okay, let's talk about the big squeeze going on right now. Uh, May corn up 30 and a half. July corn up 16 and three quarters. December corn up nine and three quarters. This was the overnight. May corn's at seven and 11. July's at 674. December's at 578. Normally in a normal market, July would be worth more than May corn because you got to pay to carry it. You got to pay to hold it. Uh, there, there's always quote unquote a carry in the market. Well, you got a negative carry in the market of about 35 cents. And that's big. These grain elevators that maybe haven't rolled their contracts from May to July yet, if you haven't, they're in deep trouble. I, at one time here, oh gosh, maybe 10 days ago, 10 trading, you could probably have rolled them and lost 10 cents. And I can tell you, most grain elevators, when they roll those maize in July, they're used to picking up that 10 cents. That's part of the profitability of running a grain elevator is being able to roll that inventory forward to a higher a month with a with a better better market. I mean, you get that better spread, and but it's negative. And then look at December corn at five seventy eight. Now five seventy eight is a very very good price, but that's a buck thirty three underneath May corn. Looks like to me somebody's wanting corn, and it appears to me possibly somebody's saying I'll take delivery of corn and soybeans at the Illinois River. Thank you very much. The, the cash settlement for the Chicago Board of Trade contracts are cash crops at, at certain Illinois River delivery points. Well, uh, if you're somebody that $2 ago in the grain market just said, you know what, I'm not going to chase it in the cash market. I'm going to buy a futures contract. Wait till that futures contract turns into basically a cash contract, and I'm going to take delivery. Now, you have to be like registered and all this other kind of stuff, but all the big grain trading firms are. Uh, talk about soybeans a little bit. May soybeans up 27 and three quarters. July soybeans up 21 and a quarter. So you just added six cents on that spread overnight. Uh, November beans up 12 and three quarter cents. So you, you, the May over November picked up 15 cents overnight. You got May soybeans at 596 and three quarters. You got July at 1560 and a half. You got November's at thirteen seventy four and three quarters. So when you start, you know, adding up, you you got over a two dollar spread. You got what two dollars and twenty two cents or something like that, May over November, and thirty six cents May over July. Looks like to me there's possibly a big squeeze going on in this thing. You know, uh, and and in other news, farmers, before you get too bullish and you get too bullish long term. Uh, I was reading where uh, somebody in southern Egypt bought $250 million worth of irrigation equipment. They're going to irrigate 250,000 hectares, which take a hectare times two point, what is it, four, uh, to come out with your acres, which means that's a million acres they're going to irrigate. Uh, that's a lot of irrigation in southern Egypt. But they say that'll turn it into some of the best farm ground in the world. I tell you, folks, Africa's so big, so large, if they ever get their act together, 
if they ever get it where people feel comfortable enough to invest their money thinking that, yeah, I could get my money back out of here or I could get to my investment or I could just have some assurances that my investment will stay mine and not change hands every time the government changes or every time, you know, something goes on. Uh, Africa could feed the world much like South America's feeding the world. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for a lot of agricultural growth there, and I think maybe that project in Egypt is just just the tip of the iceberg. Of course, you know the cure for high prices is high prices. High prices encourages investment in things, which encourages more production. Which means when we do go back down, we'll probably go back down a lot faster than what we went up. Hey, I'm I'm not going to be real long today. Just there's a pretty big squeeze I think going on in this grain market. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing, you know, comes about, you know. It's just the exact opposite of that negative oil market. You know, when when people were buying oil for a penny a barrel and thought they got a great buy, the problem was, you know, it went negative $40 a barrel because nobody wanted that oil and if you did buy the oil, you had to have some way to take it there in Cushing. Well, this is just the exact opposite. They want the grain and is it easier just buying a futures contract and taking delivery over on the Illinois River and then truck it to wherever you want to go with it than it is trying to, to originate the cash grain? And if that's the case, anybody that's short that market may have a fun time economically getting out of those contracts. Well, hey, 27-day April, going to go plant some corn. Talk to everybody tomorrow.